guys, welcome to Dance Matters Podcast, the place where we talk all things dance and the dance industry. We hope you've been enjoying all of our episodes so far. I cannot believe we are almost at episode 50. It is so crazy. And to look back at the guests we have had, it blows my mind. Don't forget, if you are new to the show, you can go back and check out all of our episodes wherever you get your good podcasts. We are very lucky to have had so many special guests, and today is no different. Today's guest has been dancing since she was only two. Throughout her training, she studied all styles of dance and competed nationally and internationally. Following on from school, she attended Brent Street full-time program. Alex Dunlop has worked as a professional dancer since graduating. She has danced for Opera Australia and Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. She has also danced for Kelly Rowland, Olivia Newton-John and the Potbellies. Throughout her career, she has been a cheerleader for both the Cronulla Sharks and the Sydney Kings basketball teams. Now mum to beautiful one-year-old Billy, Alex continues to dance professionally as well as share her love for dance and knowledge with others as a dance teacher in the Sutherland Shire. Welcome, Alex. Hi, Alex. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Now, Alex, you've had quite an extensive and varied career. Can you tell us about how you first got into dancing? So I started dancing from a very early age. I started at the age of three just because it's all I ever wanted to do and that passion and love just stayed. So mum enrolled me in a little scout hall and I started with ballet and then I wanted to do tap and as I grew I moved to a bigger dance school because I realised that's what I wanted to do and yeah, just blossomed from there. Did every single style and yeah, loved it. And what dance school did you move to? So I moved to KMV when I was about nine years old. I started at Leonie Renee, which isn't around anymore. And then from KMV I did Brent Street, moved to Brent Street and did full time there. And when you were growing up and going through school, were you in solos, troops, doing all of that? Yes, I did it all. I had so many solos. I had solos in every style. I was at a Stedford's most weekends with my mum, did all the troops, did everything, did showcase, did the America troops, did did all of it. <laughs> what did you love about doing all of those things? I loved being on stage. I loved performing. I loved the competition side of it. That was a really big thing for me. I just really enjoyed Stedfords and I liked the time with my mum going and, you know, seeing different places, seeing other people dance, making new friends. My favourite memory from a Stedfords was eventually when I won Dancer of the Year and got to go and compete in America. That was massive for me as a child, being able to go over and compete in another country and yeah, they're, they're one of my, the best memories I've ever had doing all of that growing up. And how old were you when you went to America? I was 16 years old when I went to America. And what was that experience like? Was it a bit eye-opening? It was. It was very different. How they dance is completely different to us in Australia. And at the time, you know, they were very, very technical dancers. You know, they'd just turn and turn and turn and beautiful legs and they were just sweating for the whole song. And I was a very arty. I was more of a performer. So I felt a little different. My routines were nothing like their routines. So I was really nervous because I just felt like I stood out a little bit and I just didn't fit the mould there. But it ended up working in my favour and they said, you know, in a lot of my reports that it was almost like a breath of fresh air. So I think Australian dancers have just a little bit more more art to, to how they move in, um, in competition style. So that was really nice to, to come up against that and, and know that being different also is great, you know, it was good, so I didn't have to worry or be nervous. 
So would you say it was a positive experience going over there and competing? I do. I think it was a really positive experience. It was good for my growth. You get out of your comfort zone and get out of your shell a little bit. It definitely was good for me as a person to grow as a dancer. It wasn't something that I would want to do all the time, but it was definitely something for a good one-off experience for sure. And when you finished high school, you went to Brent Street full-time. Why did you choose Brent Street? I chose Brent Street mainly because I had worked with Cameron Mitchell before. He owns Brent Street um, at the time, and I just felt really connected to him and what he does. I thought he suited me as a dancer. And I also really liked the versatility of Bread Street because I was a bit more of an all-rounder. I didn't really want to just do contemporary or just want to do musical theatre. I didn't really know. I, I did all styles. So I thought Bread Street was the best choice for me just because it was for the, the all-rounder. So I could see which venture I wanted to take after that. And how did you find that experience? I loved Bread Street. I loved Bread Street so much. It was definitely different though because I I learned a lot at Bread Street that I hadn't learned previously. I you know I'd never danced in heels. I'd never written a CV or had headshots done or gone to an audition or had any of that sort of industry insider knowledge going into full time. So you know Bread Street taught me everything I needed to know to head into the industry. How long were you at Brent Street? Did you do the one year or two years? I just did the one year. I got a contract pretty soon, straight after I graduated. So that sort of took me straight into performing. But I I would have loved to have done another year. Is that when you went with Opera Australia? That's right, yeah. So I booked Opera Australia only a couple of weeks after graduating and that was a six-month sort of contract all up. So kept me busy straight away. What was that experience like dancing with them? That was awesome, especially for a first contract because I was only 18 years old and it was my first big job I'd booked and they treat you so well at the opera and it was the very first one that they'd done on Sydney Harbour so they'd set the stage up outside. Opera is massive in Australia so we were getting huge crowds and audiences and yeah, it was definitely one of my favourite jobs I've ever done. And then you went on to cruise ships. How did you find that experience? I honestly didn't think I'd do cruise ships at all. I went to the audition and thought, oh, you know, like I got to the end, I thought, well, maybe I'll get this, but I wasn't, I didn't have my heart set on it. But when I got the contract and I saw everywhere that I was going to go, I just thought, you know, I'd be crazy not to do this. Did it and ended up absolutely loving it. I like, I did a few contracts back to back, only came back to Australia for 10 days in between and then went again and I highly recommend it to anybody who wants to do cruise ships. The shows are professional. You get treated so, so well. You see the world. You get paid for it. And I've met friends, you know, that I'll have for a lifetime and ended up meeting my husband now on cruise ships. So my life would have been completely different if I'd never taken that contract. I feel like there's a bit of a varied opinion about cruise ships. Looked down upon perhaps mm-hmm. by some people in yeah. the industry. Yeah, but I you agree. you would definitely say it was a worthwhile experience. Definitely, definitely. And it's funny because when I first did it, it was definitely looked down upon. I remember even at full time, a lot of professional dancers were like, I would never do a cruise ship. Yeah. And that stigma it had was one of the reasons why I didn't think I'd want to do it because it had that, you know, cruise ship dancer. But then doing it, I couldn't believe how professional the shows were. I learned, I was doing aerial work. I got trained by a professional aerialist in Chicago, which is now a credit that I never would have got here, not doing cruise ships. 
And I think it's changing now. Mm-hmm. A lot more dancers are going on cruise ships, especially Royal Caribbean. A lot of professional dancers are doing it now. And I've sent a lot of my students to Royal and they just love it. Absolutely love it. So, yeah, I highly recommend auditioning, giving it a go, doing a contract and just see if you like it. What would be the positives, the best things about being on a cruise ship? You're constantly performing. I think here when you're trying to get gigs, there's a lot of waiting around in between your next job, whereas with a cruise ship contract, you've got stability for nine months. You're getting paid to see the world. You've got an audience you know, three times a week, you're up on stage performing and you don't get to do that that often when you become a professional dancer. Getting on the stage is a, you know, every so often, you know, you go from doing it Steadfords and solos and being on the stage all the time to not being on the stage very much. So that was my biggest thing was I, I was always on stage. I always had an audience. I was always performing and you're doing that for a really long period of time and yeah, that's definitely the benefit. What would you say are the biggest challenges of it? The challenges is obviously living on a cruise ship. The cabins are small. You've got a roommate. So if you've got a roommate that, you know, you get along with, that's great. But I think, you know, it's a lot of adjusting. You're living in this tiny, tiny space with somebody for a really extended period of time. So I found the living, you know, even just things like your timing to eat. You've got set time when you can go to the mess and have your food and it's not the freedom that you usually have in normal life. But you do, you, you adjust to it. But yeah, I'd say definitely the living on a ship is the hardest part. Now you mentioned the aerial training. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, of course. So we have to do sort of strength training in rehearsals, which we do in Miami. And if you are strong enough, they'll employ you as an aerialist as well. So in your normal production shows, there's a few dancers that get to do aerial work and you train on board for a couple of weeks before the rest of the cast come on and we do all the rigging and I did bungee and we did the wire, we did silk and loop and we did all those different things. And yeah, I absolutely loved it. And the good thing about that was if you can learn to do the aerial, it's, it's more pay. It's more pay to your contract. Mm-hmm. And then once you've done that, you can just go from there. There's, they have a lot of centrum shows where you're up, you know, 40 feet in the air above the centrum. And I love all that. A lot of people, you know, being on a rocky <laughs> ship in the air doesn't sound very fun, but I loved it. Now, after cruise ships, what else did you go into? So after cruise ships, I sort of came back to my teaching. I always loved teaching. I pretty much started to transition from performing to teaching after cruise ships. I still dance and dance with the company Samba Brazil Entertainment and the Showmasters Co. run by the same beautiful family. And I do gigs a lot with them. And that's been my main sort of performing. But definitely started transitioning into more choreographic and teaching after cruise ships. And who would you say are some of the most amazing people that you've worked with? The most amazing people I have ever worked with was definitely Kelly Abbey. She is just the role model of all role models in our industry. I had her through full-time a little bit and just adored her. And then through my agency, Grey Boy, we did a little promotion video and I got to work one-on-one with her and just being in the room with her, like you just want to be a sponge and just taking everything that she says and has to offer. She's been, yeah, my main inspiration. 
for sure. You've also worked as a cheer girl for a number of teams. Can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, I did. And honestly, I really enjoyed it. I worked for Cronulla Sharks Mermaids for eight years, originally with Wendy McMahon, who um, owns WAN Dance Studio, and then transitioned over working with Jackie, who owns JLD, and they, they were both amazing to work for. And then I also did the basketball, did Sydney Kings with the beautiful Leah. So, And what did you enjoy about doing that? I enjoyed the atmosphere. I think it's really fun getting out in front of the crowd, lots of passionate supporters, lots of friends. I made a lot of friends doing that. It wasn't a job that you could do forever. I definitely got to my point where I was like, yeah, I think cheerleading was really good, but I think I'm retired now. I think you can only do it for a short amount of time. You must get a bit too old for cheerleading eventually. And I definitely was like, yes, I'm too old to be cheerleading. <laughs> I really enjoyed the friends I made from cheerleading and the fun of it. It was just a really fun thing to do on the weekends, just something extra for me. Now, you mentioned Kelly Abbey. Who have been your biggest inspirations in your life in general? Oh, gosh. In my life in general, I just, I'm inspired by people who can just do it all, who can work and have a family and do it all like that. So my mum was a huge inspiration to me. You know, she's a hard worker and she raised us and I want to do that now being a mum. I just want to be able to still dance and still work really hard and still be around for my kids. Um, So Katrina, who runs Summer Brazil Entertainment, she's another big, you know, mum dancer inspiration for me. So I really look up to her as well. And I think that's been the biggest draw for me. It's just I've always wanted to be able to dance and be a mum. What have been the biggest challenges you have faced? Biggest challenges I have faced was my height in dancing in particular. There was a lot of jobs that I was far too short for or didn't even make the cut, you know, they'd email and say you'd have to be in between this height range. And a lot of the time I couldn't even audition just because I didn't make the height range. So that was hard for me because there was a lot of jobs I'd absolutely love to do, but I just didn't have the long legs for it. So that was a big challenge for me as a dancer. And then I also, it took me a while to get used to the rejection mm-hmm. of auditions. You know, I'd go to auditions most weekends and it took me a long time to, to deal with that. I know that I, I did dirty dancing and gosh, that was a job I wanted more than anything. And I'd auditioned all week and kept getting through the rounds and got to the very end and in the end, they just said I look too young. And it takes a long time to just go, you know, okay, like, you can't help that. You know, it was something to do with my dancing that, you know, I could go and work on it. Whereas being short or looking too young for a role, I couldn't fix. So, yeah, that those sort of challenges, it took me a few years to sort of grow up and go, okay, that's not for me. That wasn't my job. On to the next and build that thick skin. You need a lot of thick skin in this industry. So, Yeah, that was my biggest challenge. It took a few years for me to find my feet with that. How do you handle that when it's something that you absolutely can do nothing about at your height? Yeah. How do you handle all those setbacks because of that reason? Yeah, it was hard. Like, you just sort of, you know, I get upset, I get angry, I cry a little bit and I feel it definitely. But at the end of the day, you just have to know that there's going to be another job out there that you're perfect for, you know, that'll come across and you'll be the perfect height range for it and all will be fine. It won't matter. So yeah, I think you just have to on with the next and you've got to keep going because what else can you do? You just got to push through it. I'd say there's a lot of shorties out there, Charlie included. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think that that's changing or do you think that that's always going to be, there'll be specifications for jobs? I think it's changing. I think the industry is changing a lot. You know, the typical having, the perfect body and height and that perfect denser look I think is going out the window now and I think with our generation 
it's really sort of breaking the glass and shattering ceilings and I think it's really really good I don't think that dancers nowadays are going to have that issue I think for things like Moulin Rouge it'll be the same yeah. it's always going to be the same rockets but I think you know there's a lot of jobs now and a lot of kids now that it's, it's not going to matter it doesn't matter anymore so yeah I definitely think it's changing what is your favorite style to dance oh my favorite style to dance is definitely lyrical and contemporary I love it I love being able to tell a story and just that feeling but it's definitely not my strongest style but it's my favorite what is your favorite style to teach oh gosh I love teaching all styles I must admit that I do enjoy teaching lyrical as a style but I'm a very I'm a jazz dancer so I teach a lot of jazz and I think it's probably what I do the best but I, I do love to dance and prefer to teach lyrical just because I just do. <laughs> you now perform in Samba, Brazil. Can you explain what that is? I can. So it is a Brazilian dance company and it is run by the Garcia family, Kat, Katrina and Lucas. And we do a lot of gigs. We do a lot of weddings and functions and we sometimes do our own stage shows. But it is Latin dancing. So it's all the feathers and the bling and... It's very, very fun. It was a style that I'd never done before. So I started five years ago and trained really hard. And then when I was ready, I got put on some shows. And yeah, I've fallen in love with it. So I, I think I'll do that until I can't do that anymore. <laughs> what is the biggest achievement of your career? The biggest achievement of my career, I don't think, was one particular job. I think it was more that I was consistently doing something with dance whether it was performing on cruise ships or contracts or or teaching I just I always was dancing which I think is hard to do it's hard to to continue so I, I'm just proud that I've continued to do it and continue to still work in dance so that's probably my biggest achievement if you could have changed one thing what would it be I would have taken my singing lessons more seriously I think that's really important I wish I had stuck to it because a lot of musicals I would absolutely have loved to have been in but my singing was never as strong as my dancing so I, I definitely would have if I could have gone back I would have taken my singing lessons way more seriously as a child. You teach dancing now. Where do you teach? And can you tell us a bit about that role? I can. So I'm very lucky. I teach at KRS Dance in Kirawi. I met Kylie Saunders, the principal of KRS, when I was dancing at school. She was my school dance teacher at Kirawi High School. And she was the first person to hire me as a teacher. So I was only... 18 years old and she put me on a 45 minute jazz class a week and I just grew to love how she mentored me. She is the reason I'm the teacher I am today. So I sort of grew with her and then as her school got bigger I was just there and the more classes that opened up the more classes I got to teach. Now I'm really lucky I teach the babies who are you know six months old now we teach tots to the pre-professionals who are 18 years old and I love it more than anything. What is the best thing about being a dance teacher? I love being a dance teacher. I love being able to see the students grow. I love being able to give back a little bit of what I've learned and a little bit of what I've done and, you know, see them grow up and then blossom and go off and, and dance professionally or just go off into their lives, you know. It's true when they say your students end up being like your children because that's exactly how I feel. I've got such a bond with all of my students and that's definitely been a really nice part of teaching. What is the most challenging? I think that, you know, you have to sort of adapt to different 
abilities. So I think that's what something I learned as a teacher. You know, you've got students who are maybe a little bit further ahead and some that are a little bit behind or a little bit more recreational and you've got them all together and you need to be able to teach to their strengths. You need to be able to challenge the stronger students and then you also need to be able to slow down and go a little bit slower with the, the ones who are not there yet. So being able to teach different abilities in the one room, I think was my biggest challenge. So being able to do that was something I learned over time. How on earth do you teach one-year-olds and two-year-olds <laughs> <laughs> to follow instructions? I know. I, to be honest, we've started a baby ballet program, which is run by a company in the UK and they've bought it here. And I must admit their syllabus is pretty pretty great it really lets them that having a syllabus has been the best thing ever I think when you're just trying to teach and you've got props and you're sort of going off it it, that's when it can be a downfall with babies but I think having a syllabus that they follow you know children love routine so they come each week and they've got their syllabus for the term and they know what to do eventually and it becomes just part of the normal for them so I think having a syllabus has helped with the babies for sure. As a dance teacher, do you think it's important to keep up your personal skills in dancing? A hundred percent. It's really, really important to keep up your own skills. I think you can never stop growing and learning and you need to do that as a teacher to pass it on to your students because they need that as well. I think we, we can't get stuck in the old way of doing things. Like it is, it's changing every single day. The styles are changing. It's all different. So I think as teachers, we really need to, you know, stick with it and, and evolve as well. And what do you do to ensure that you're staying current and up to date? I, you know, watch a lot of other choreographers. I take class myself still, take class from other choreographers. I go to seminars, I go to workshops and I go and get my degrees in different things. And when things come up, even with my acro teaching, go and I go and do it and I spend three days and I and get a new little certificate under my belt because we have to, we have to do it as teachers. So that's what I try to do, just keeping on top of it and evolving with the industry and not just teaching the way I always did. Now, having pursued a dance career yourself and now being a new mum, would you be happy if your daughter turned around and said, I want to be a dancer? Yes, I would. I think dancing is great. And I always say to my husband, I was in dance class every night. I wasn't just walking around and going to parties. I was out of Stedford's and I think it, you know, it keeps you in line a little bit more. And my friends that I have to this day are the friends I had through dancing. I think, you know, you're like-minded, you're passionate, you're hardworking. It teaches such great work ethic, depending on if you dance or not. I think you learn a lot of great life lessons from dance. So a hundred percent, if she wants to dance, I'll be more than happy to let her do it. If she doesn't want to dance as well, though, I'm more than happy for her not to dance. I really wanted to be able to choose her own path. But yeah, if she turns around and says, I want to be a dancer, I would be thrilled. What's been the biggest challenge about being a new mum and trying to keep up your dancing professionally and your dance teaching? It has been hard trying to juggle it all. And I, and I must admit that there's things that I know that I need to let go of. You know, going and doing gigs, I would do three gigs a night sometimes and be out quite late. They're just things that I can't do anymore. So, you know, I pick and choose what I can and can't do. I struggled transitioning back into it because obviously I had to get covers for all of my classes and they took on my classes and did a really great job. But then I want to come back and do it. So I struggled to let go of my classes and then get them all back again 
having the time off with my maternity leave. So that was hard for me. It's fine now and I'm back teaching and I'm teaching a lot of hours, but not the hours that I used to teach. So there's definitely classes that I've had to drop. So yeah, just letting go of my my full-time dance world and, and adjusting was definitely a challenge. That would be really hard too when you've set up a routine or you've started something and then you've got to pass it off to someone else. Yes. Yeah, it was. And it was sort of right in the middle of the year. So You've, you've started routines or you've just finished routines and you're sort of getting into rhythm and then it all just stops completely and I, and I have to hand it over and say, here's my routines, here's my classes, off you go with it. So yeah, it was, it was challenging for me, I must admit, yeah, it was. What advice would you like to give her as she's growing up? I'd like her to find a passion. I must admit, having a passion and a hobby and something I loved, it kept me going. So I, I hope that she can find something that she loves. That would be my, my biggest thing. And then I just wanted to be able to follow follow what she wants to do and just whatever she wants to do, I, I want to be able to support her. And I know my parents supported me wholeheartedly with dance. So we'll be the same. Whatever she chooses, whatever she loves, we'll support her wholeheartedly and ride that journey with her. One last question before we go. This is a listener question. Who is the better dancer, you or your brother? Oh my goodness, he's going to say, this is what he would say, that if he did dance classes, he would be better than me. And you know what, he is pretty good, and I must admit, if he did dance classes, he might be better, but there's no way I'm going to let myself say that he would be better than me, so I'm going to go with me. (laughs) Is it true that he was your partner in a number of dances? He was. He got roped into a couple of troop routines. Uh, He was Peter Allen in Rio, and he did the boys stunt for a few years, but um, he was really good. And he's done, I hate that I have to say that, but he was really good, my brother. So he stopped. He would have been an awesome dancer, but yeah, he just didn't do it. (laughs) Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely to chat. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Alex, so much for joining us. We wish you and your gorgeous family all the luck for the future. You can find out more about Alex or follow her story on her Instagram page at Alex Lee Dunlop. It is Alex Lee, L-E-I-G-H, Dunlop, all is one word. And you can also check out KRS Dance at their Instagram page, KRS underscore dance, or go to their website, which is krsdance.com.au to find out all of the things that they offer. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Head over to Instagram and send us a DM to let us know what you are enjoying or what you would like to hear more of. Catch all our previous episodes on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Don't forget, you can also catch our behind-the-scenes footage on YouTube. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.